Good morning and good evening. Welcome to the Back to Bethel podcast. I am uh, one of the co-hosts. I am Luke Waldrop, the youth pastor at Bethel Missionary Baptist Church. I am joined here by uh, the host, that is Dr. Darren Waldrop, my dad. He is the senior pastor at Bethel Missionary Baptist Church, and we have Nathan Ballou, a member of the Jimmy Justice family. He's their piano player. We are honored to have him today to uh, come with us, and uh, we just dive in about the Jimmy Justice family. We're excited about that today, and we are in a different room today uh, than typical. We are at Fletcher First Baptist. We met him here in Fletcher, North Carolina, because he lives in uh, the Hendersonville area, and so we come over here to meet with him, and we are in the conference room here at the Fletcher First Baptist. All right, I'm going to kick it over to Dad. Dad, introduce yourself and get us started. Well, hello. It's uh, good to have everybody tuning in, so we welcome our friends and neighbors that are tuning into the Back to Bethel podcast. We're so thankful for you. Appreciate you taking the time to listen. And uh, again, uh, kudos out to uh, Fletcher First Baptist Church. We appreciate them sharing the uh, sanctuary, the... uh, um, meeting room that we have at this time, and uh, I grew up in this church, I feel like. I uh, got to serve the Lord here for a number of years, and uh, it's a joy to get to be back home. Uh, also, to have the opportunity to have Brother Nathan Blue with us uh, from the Jimmy Justice family, and uh, we are very excited. So, before we start and uh, we introduce our guest even further, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Amen. Okay, so let's pray. Father, we love you. And we're so thankful for this opportunity you've given us to sit down today and talk about the things of God and your kingdom. And Lord, I pray today, Father, that you would help us, Father, that you would just bring to mind and to heart the things that would be pleasing to you, that would be God-honoring, those nuggets of wisdom that uh, you might allow uh, to be shared in this room and in this moment uh, that might be broadcast to someone that's in need of hearing it. Now, Lord, we are thankful for your goodness unto us, and we praise you uh, for this opportunity. We are so thankful for this church that we're gathered in right now and the churches that we represent, Brother Nathan out of fellowship and and um, pastoring over at Bethel right now for myself. And, Lord, I'm just so thankful uh, that you've given us this opportunity to meet together, and I pray you'd lead us and guide us in this discussion. And for this we pray in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, it is our honor. Mine so, too, preacher. To have uh, Brother Nathan Blue with us at this time, and uh, Brother Nathan, I'll say that um, you know I grew up with uh, your um, parents, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my generation. Yes, and um, saw them out serving God, and they would stop by and sing at the churches where we were, right. whatever. But uh, just what a testimony, what a blessing that your family right. has been to to me, uh, to my family. Uh, to to Luke's generation, your generation, um, and generations before me, right. my dad's generation. What a blessing that y'all have been and friendship down through the years, and we're so thankful. And I want you to introduce yourself, talk a little bit about maybe uh, whatever you want to. T- tell us about getting saved, things of that nature. Uh, Brother Nathan, go ahead. It's my honor and privilege to be here and get to be on this podcast, Preacher. This is something you and I have been talking about now for a good long while. Yes. And so to see it come into fruition and to see Luke figure all this stuff out. <laughs> we were talking about it when we were getting set up. I'm glad it's him and not me. Uh, he does such a great job with that and the live stream at Bethel and so many things that people like me are thankful for that we get to enjoy every week. 
uh, but you were talking about how long you've known my family. I remember your father, Pastor Roy, who's pastor here at Fletcher. For the people who are listening that don't know, he met my grandfather, Jimmy Justice, in 1965. They worked at General Electric together. Together, that's right. And he told me the story about when you and my mother were born the same year, just two months apart. He said that they both took their fair share of ribbon from their co-workers <laughs> about their children being born at the same time together. And he said, I'll never forget your mother's age because he's the same age as my son. And so they were friends way back then and all through the years. And then your dad told me that when he came here to Fletcher in the old sanctuary, that one of the first things he did was he had the choir director at the time invite my grandfather to come mm -hmm. and bring my family here to sing. Yes. And uh, I was a child at that time, but I remember well services, countless in the old sanctuary at Fletcher, us being here and singing and then we were very honored when they built the new sanctuary that we're in now that they asked us to come and sing for the dedication Yes, for here at Fletcher in 2004. And they've been very kind to ask or allow us to come here for our hometown singing now for the past probably three or four years. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we love Pastor Roy. He has been such a blessing to my family. He and yourself have stepped up and been our pastor since my grandfather's been in heaven. Uh, they've been with us through good times, bad times, hard times. Uh, they've been to the hospital and prayed with us when we were sick. Uh, you and Miss Gina brought us catered meals to the hospital <laughs> when we were there. And so our relationship with the Waldrop family, as he said before, goes way back. And I'm more thankful for you every day. And I'm thankful for the relationship. And as my grandfather would have said that the Lord has allowed us to sit together in heavenly places. Yes, sir. Such a blessing. Yes, sir. Um, my grandfather came from a big family. He was saved as a child. Mm -hmm. And then he and my grandmother married when they were teenagers. Mm -hmm. And they had three daughters. And my mother, Marsha, is the youngest of the three girls. And they knew early on, because my grandmother has a background in music, her grandfather, or excuse me, her father uh, played the guitar, and he played the auto harp and the mandolin, mm -hmm. and he taught her how to play the piano with his guitar. Mm -hmm. That still amazes me, that you can teach somebody to play the piano with a guitar. Mm -hmm. But he is who taught her, and then she taught me the rhythm that we play on the piano. We call it Grandpa Bishop rhythm in the family. <laughs> and so uh, we still play Grandpa Bishop rhythm today. But he was more or less, I guess, uh, who started my grandmother in her musical background. And she met my grandfather, Brother Jimmy, at a tent meeting. They met on a blind date in a tent meeting on the sawdust and the shavings. She was playing piano. First song she ever played for him was The Light of the World is Jesus. Wow. We still sing it today. Yeah. And so they met, they married, they had the three daughters, and they started singing very soon. They were singing even before my mother was born. She's the youngest, as I said. And so they started singing in their home church. They started getting invitations to come to this church, the next church, and so on and so forth. And that's literally still how we go to this day. Fifty years later, that's how we still go. I was wanting to make sure you said 50. 50 years. Correct. Wow. Correct. What an honor. Tremendous. Um, it's definitely not on any of our merit. It's all on his. Amen. Um, 
he's the reason that we do what we do to lift him up, not ourselves. Amen. We want people to see the Lord. We want him to be glorified. And we want people to understand that it's real. The relationship that we have with him is real. And so it's a great blessing when saints and Christians come up and they talk about how encouraged they are by the music and how the spirit of the Lord is felt in that music. And uh, that's what we strive for. That's what we want. It's like you've said many times in preaching, I'd rather have his approval than man's approval. That's right. So they they started singing, and um, they started recording in 1974. And then my grandfather started preaching. His first message was in March of 1975. And so they kind of became a package deal even then people would ask them to come sing they'd ask him to come preach singing and preaching singing and preaching which is our favorite things amen but um so they did that for several years and then he was approached by the pulpit committee at fellowship baptist in hendersonville where we still are today Mm -hmm. he was approached in 1979 and he went and preached a trial message and officially became their pastor in July of 1979. And he stayed there until the Lord took him home in June of 2015. He literally preached Wednesday night, and he went home to glory on Friday morning. And uh, it blows my mind that that's been eight years ago. 36? 36 years. 36 years. 36 years he was there as their pastor. And... um, you could talk about all that alone, but um, that with our singing has opened doors for us that not, there's no other way it would have been opened. And the people that we've been privileged to meet traveling and singing, like y'all, the people that we've been privileged to meet that have come into our church, mm-hmm. people still come to fellowship because they know that's where Jim Justice's family goes. And so I don't say that to push our name out there but that's how people identify that church. That's where the Jimmy Justice family goes, and it's still that way to this well, day. Your grandfather, I'm jump ahead a bit. But your grandfather pastored there 36 years, mm-hmm. and now his grandson, his grandson, your cousin, correct, pastors that church, right? Brother Aaron Pryor. Yes. What what year did he take over as pastor there? That elected him as pastor. Twenty. Two thousand and twenty. Correct. So think about that. Mm-hmm. And, and I was telling Luke, I said, Luke. You grandsons, right? It's amazing how God uses the grandsons. I, I, I see it in so many churches right now where there's been maybe a change of the guard. I've seen the grandson. Right. I, I mean, I, I have seen it over and over and over again in so many different places. And right. there's another one at, at, at Fellowship, True. The, the grandson. And the ministry that God gave Brother Jimmy right. and your grandmother has carried on. So, three daughters. Mm-hmm. How many children, grandchildren? Um, so, there's seven grandchildren. Seven grandchildren. Between the three girls. And I'd have to stop and think about how many great-grandchildren because we added you knew two I, you more know I'm this week. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm going to ask. Let's see. We have... There's eight great Great grandchildren, eight grandchildren. So you see the generations. You know, I was looking at the scripture. The Bible says in Psalm one forty nine, "Praise ye the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song, 
and his praise in the congregation of the saints. Right. And, and that ministry, that service unto God. Yes. It's not just a, a one-man show here, no. right? It's, it's about a one-man. Yes. It's about it Jesus, is. right? It but it passes from generation to generation to generation. How many times in the scriptures are we told to pass it down, pass it down, pass it down, and train them up and teach them the things, right. of, the things of God? Amen? Yes. We're thankful for that. And at this stage in our ministry, I've been telling people it proves that everything that Papa gave his life to, his church and our family and our singing group, it proves that he did it for all the right reasons and that it was real. Amen. Because if it hadn't been, it wouldn't still be going. That's right. That's right. And so it proves that we've even been accused of Papa worship in the past. We never worshiped him. He's just a man like you and I. We're all just human sinners saved by grace. Amen. 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 But he gave his life for those ministries, and they're still going today. So they're as real as they can be because they're all because of the Lord himself who gave us these talents, and he gave us these abilities, and he's the reason that we still go today. There have been times before where I've even thought about, do I still want to travel and sing in this capacity you know, do, can I just serve better at home in our church? And he won't let us. He wants us to keep going and traveling and singing. And every place that we go, I see more and more. Why? Because of the encouragement and the saving of lost people. And it's just amazing to see. I, I'm at a loss for words on many occasions for stuff that people come up to me and say when we travel and we go out. Well, if it was Papaw worship when... When Papaw passed away, went home to glory, that ministry would have been done. Absolutely. But that ministry has gone on. If anything, as an outsider, it looks stronger. It is. And, and, and growing, I mean, still cutting albums, if you yes. can call them albums. You I know, do. Is, is it right? Still, yeah. still cutting. I mean, how, how many, Nathan, how many albums? I mean, you probably know the answer to this. I have no clue. From 50 years in ministry, right? How many albums do you know? So uh, if I'm counting correctly, I think there are either 16 or 17 released wow. recordings that we've done. Uh, we have a live album and a live DVD. We even made VHS tapes recorded back then. Uh, we're still a group who have albums, like you were talking about, eight tracks, cassette tapes. My first album was a cassette tape, uh, CDs. And now we had to move to the online world, the streaming platforms, and uh, stuff like that. So to see how that's come full circle, even back to albums now, people still buy. Right. is just amazing. And you would have never told the little boy that was traveling with his mother and her family all those years ago that he would now be writing songs for our recordings today. It still blows my mind. And that kind of takes me to you asking me to tell my testimony when I was saved. Yep. So I grew up um, as a preacher's son and a preacher's grandson. And I don't say that to brag in any way. Preacher's sons still have to be saved too. Yes, sir. Right. Absolutely. And they're still born sinners. And they still need the Lord. Sometimes I feel like even more because we're in the fishbowl. Oh, yes. Luke well knows. Oh, yes, that is, that's very true. It is true. And um, so do I. Yes. <laughs> all three of us are preacher sons sitting yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And so um, it's a privilege, if you ask me. Sure. Very much a privilege. 
but my dad pastored, and this is one of the things. You and I have so many things in common. We share the same birth month, and we share the same spiritual birth month. And I was thinking about that, us doing this right on top of July, because it's the anniversary of you being saved 45 years. Am I right? That's right. I can tell his testimony as well as he can, July 13th, 1978, at the Balfour Baptist Church. Yes, sir. And so, yes, sir, (laughs) I was saved in July of 1993. My dad pastored Zion Hill Baptist Church, which was the name of the first church that you pastored. Mm -hmm. And there were some people who attended our church. They were members at the time. They were caretakers of a Christian campground down in Cleveland, Georgia. It was really nice. There was a lake there where we could fish and you know, be on the boat. There were hotel rooms. There was a big dining hall, and there was a chapel. And so when we would go down there as a church, we would go and we'd stay for a week in July every summer, and we would have a revival in that chapel building. And it was the prettiest little church, at least I thought. I'd still see it like I was there. And it was the summer before I turned six in August. I'd heard the gospel many times by this time, and I had never realized until we got to that chapel that week in July that I was lost. Mm. And I remember that night, my dad preached on hell. And I knew sitting there in the church that if I didn't get saved, that's where I was headed. And to show you, we're born sinners I was only five years old, about to turn six, but pride slipped in, and I was afraid for everybody in my church to see the pastor's son go forward and get saved, even at an early age. And so I waited, and I didn't go forward when we were in service. Wow. And so we left, and we went back to our hotel room that we were staying at on the property, and I couldn't get past it. I couldn't go on. I knew I had said no to God even at that age. And I knew that my pride had kept me from going forward. And I couldn't stand it anymore. But God, in all of his gracious mercy, I went to my dad and I said, Dad, I can't stand it anymore. And I told him, I said, I know I'm lost. And I know I'm going to hell if I don't get saved. And so he took me out of the room, and we went down to the dining hall, and there was a row of picnic tables sitting there. And we went to the first one on the sidewalk, and he told me, he said, Son, do you know what you need to do? And I said, Yes, Dad, I know what I need to do. (laughs) And I knelt down right there at that little picnic table and asked the Lord to save me and to come into my heart and to be my Savior. And he has every day since then. And he only gets sweeter and better by the day. Amen. And there's more to that story because I was saved at a young age. And so our ministry kept, I mean, we we sang every week, especially in the summer. We sang every weekend. We were always gone. If we weren't singing, my dad was preaching a revival. My grandfather was preaching a revival. It was literally nonstop. And so the devil started working on me even then about doubting my salvation. Really? About, wow, you were too young to know what you were doing. You just said whatever you thought would please your dad. Mm -hmm. You didn't really know what you were doing, or you were just saying it to please him. And I struggled with that until I was in my 20s -hmm. for years. And I was miserable with it. 
and I would go to the altar. I would, and I say all this because I know that there's people out there who have doubted their salvation, and I want you to get help. I want you not to doubt your salvation. And, you know, everybody's different, but for me, I had finally gotten to the point where I said, I can't live this way anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I dug my heels in, and I really was adamant about daily scripture reading. Um, I started listening to preaching. On, live stream came out by this point, mm-hmm. and then I discovered preaching on YouTube, sermon audio, and um, which we'll get to that. But... I started praying every day, many times a day. I started digging my heels in in the Word. I started listening to preaching. I took things out of my life that should not have been in my life. I paid attention to everything that I listened to musically. I paid attention to the people I stayed around. And finally, the Lord said, I want you to be rebaptized." Nothing wrong with that. I said, why? He said, I want you to be obedient. Yes, sir. And I want you to show that you don't care what people think of you. And he said, you know, baptism is just a symbol. It doesn't save us. That's right. But he said, I want you to show the people that you have truly been saved and that you're being obedient to me in being rebaptized. Because I was baptized as a child when I got saved mm-hmm. by my dad. And so he also wanted me to do it to let my cousin Aaron baptize me. He had already started preaching at fellowship by this point. Right. And so, for me, it was a step of obedience. And so, the Lord really wanted me to do that. And so, I did. I was rebaptized. Aaron baptized me. And not one split second since that day have I ever doubted my salvation since. Amen. It wasn't because of the baptism. It was because of the obedience. The, the obedience. Yes. I, I just, that just goes right back to what we were, we interviewed the podcast with my dad. Yes. Obedience, yes, is obedient. I mean, and that's the thing, you know. Yeah. It's 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 obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. You know, it's God just honors obedience. He just wants us to do what He says do when He says do right. it. And I've had people. You talk about being rebaptized. I've had people saying, "Oh, I, I, I've rebaptized some people in my congregation as well." And I've had I've had some people, some naysayers that said, "It's not scriptural. It's not." Show me somebody that was rebaptized. I, 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 you know. Okay, I agree with you there. But would you fault me if I flew to Israel and I was able to stand in the Jordan River where my Savior stood? I mean, baptism is a symbol, mm-hmm. right? It is a it is a uh, identification, correct, with Christ. Right. Why was he baptized? Right. He was not a sinner. Right. He didn't need to be saved. Right. Yes. All those people were coming to John down in the Jordan River, and the Bible says they were confessing their sins, and he baptized them. Right. But here walks one in the river who has no sins to confess. Right. And John said, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. Right. And so um, if Jesus identified himself with me, taking my place, Mm -hmm. if I went to the Jordan River, I would probably have someone baptize me oh, so yes. I could say, I want everybody to know I'm identified myself with Jesus. Yes. I'm being baptized in the place where he was baptized for me. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yes. And I D double dare somebody to 
say it's not scriptural. I'd be in line right behind you. <laughs> because, because, because it would help me. Yes, you know, it, it, it would help me. So so you being rebaptized, that helped you in obedience to the Lord. It, it, it helped you in confidence and in assurance. Yes. It helped you. No doubt it helped Pastor Aaron did. as well. You know, so, well, praise the Lord, son. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. I will never forget getting home from church that night after being rebaptized. You talk about a weight being lifted off. And the Lord said, you saved the whole time. You just doubted it. You didn't know it. And so I want to encourage people that doubt their salvation. You can know that you're saved. Absolutely. If you will dig your heels in and be in this book every day, this book is alive. I feel like it has breath to it. Amen. Because it comes from a living Savior talking to his living creation that he made. And now that we're saved, his spirit dwells within us. Mm -hmm. And so this, it's like you breathing out and this book breathing back into you. It's inspired. I could not live without it now. And I'm so thankful that we have a Bible. I read a book recently about people who gave their lives as martyrs for us to have this Bible that we have today. Yes. And to think people don't read it. I was ashamed to stand before the Lord and tell him I had not read his word. Wow. So I had to read it. Yeah. Many times now. And yeah. I don't say that to brag. I yes. say that because I need this. There's many times where the Lord will say, you just need to go get in your Bible. <laughs> well, I've, I've, had, I've actually had, you're bringing up good points. I've had people say to me, you know, I preached a message and someone said, you stood up there and you said that you know beyond any shadow of a doubt that on July 13th, 1978, the Lord saved your soul. How can you be so bold? How can you be so confident in right. that? And I said, because I know what he did for me. I Amen. was there. And, and the Bible says, I mean, when you said it, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may no. know that you, you have, have eternal, eternal life. life. And that you may believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know. It's not that you may think so. It's not a maybe so, that you may know. Yeah. And so you get in the Word, you can know, know true. that you've been saved. I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I feel preaching. I'll be honest Amen. with you, I feel preaching I getting cranked up in me. I want you to preach on my podcast, preacher. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel preaching getting stirred up in me. And, and, and I think um, this morning, as I, was, and as I was driving out here to Fletcher today, this verse of Scripture just kept coming to me. And you, you know it well, I'm sure, and I've not shared it with you previous to this, but Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. That's my favorite verse in Zephaniah. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. Right? So we were talking about your salvation. He will rejoice over, over thee, thee with, with joy, joy, and he will rest in his love, and he will joy over thee with, with singing. singing. Amen. And so... The Lord sings. Somebody may say, Pastor Darren, God he doesn't sing. Does. Oh, let yes, me tell you something. He does. He's singing over his creation. He's singing over the children that he has saved. Amen. amen. He is singing. So so when you got saved, amen, and, and God's now got you and your family and y'all are singing and you're singing for the Lord, he's singing over you. Yes, he is. He's rejoicing over you. <laughs> Isn't that great? And he sings down in here, and I'm telling you, I'm having a hard time staying on the ground. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I, I thought about the Lord, you know, getting ready to go in the Garden of Gethsemane. Before he was in that garden, he was in the upper room with his disciples. They would have uh, taken bread together. Remember, he said, take this 
bread, and it represents my body, yes. which is broken, that unleavened bread, and and then to uh, take the fruit of the vine, which represents his blood, and the Bible says when they were leaving, they sang, they a, sang hymn. a hymn, and there he's singing again. Amen. <laughs> yes, sir. He's singing, according to God, Amen. on the way to the garden of Gethsemane, where he says, under such a tremendous burden that his sweat became his great drops of blood, where he says, not my will, Father, but thy God will be that. done. He's getting ready to drink that bitter cup. He's singing. Yes, sir. He's, he's rejoicing. And he's going to endure the cross because he knows he's going to save the likes of me. Amen. Glory to God. Man, I tell you, these headphones will not go with me. No, I'm, they about won't. To, I'm about to get excited and run, y'all. <laughs> Praise hey, the Lord. That's fine with me, preacher. Amen. 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 Well, uh, think about, Brother Nathan, all these years you've been, how many years for you have you been singing? Uh, I, I know you started probably nine months before you was born. I did. <laughs> be thirty six years in August. Thirty six years in August, yes, sir. How how many of those years have you been playing the piano? Self taught. Well, someone teach you. My Grandma? grandmother was my biggest teacher. Um, I took music lessons for a short time when I was in elementary school. And then I learned to play uh, many other stringed instruments when I was in school. Mm-hmm. I was so fortunate and blessed to be able to go to Christian school from kindergarten until I graduated in 12th grade. Mm-hmm. And the older I get, the more thankful I become mm-hmm. for being able to go to Christian school and be taught the Bible. Bible class was my absolute favorite. Bible class gave me a love for certain books that I may not have had and I can sit here and tell you studies, intense, in-depth studies that we did in different books of the Bible. They made us learn uh, the progression of events and revelation from the rapture all the way through Amen. until eternity. And I could go on about just my Christian education alone. And the Lord did that for me. And I remember when I graduated high school from Grace Christian School in Landrum, South Carolina, they gave us a Schofield as a graduation gift. Mm-hmm. And to me, that Schofield represents the sacrifice that my parents made for me to be able to go to Christian school and for them to pay that tuition so that I could go. And it will stay with me the rest of my life. I ran into my math teacher. Uh, I had taken Gabriel to a gospel concert to see another family group. Mm-hmm. And I ran into my math teacher, and we started talking about the school And I told her, I said, I think that Bible class had the biggest impact on me of all of the subjects that we studied. Mm -hmm. She just kind of looked at me, but I said, isn't that the point, though? Yes, it is. Christian school. I loved my Bible teacher. He had been a missionary in Rome, Italy for 25 years. Imagine being a missionary in Rome. You know what's in Rome. Yeah. That'd be unreal. But there were several missionaries. The pastor of the church at the time had been a missionary in Zaire for years. Mm -hmm. But back to the singing, we recorded uh, most of the time that I was in school. We were making records, just one right on top of the next. I don't think that was planned either. I think that the Lord just gave my grandfather the money, and we recorded. And let me just say this while I'm on that. All of our albums are self-paid. We never had a sponsor. We never had a label. 
Um, there's no, you know, big sponsorship. Right. They're self-paid. Right. But when I say self-paid, they're paid by the pastors and the churches mm-hmm. and the people who listen to us and buy our music and who have supported us. And we're grateful for y'all. It's a whole lot easier to sing to a pew full of people than it is to sing to an empty pew. Yeah. Which, as you well know, is a preacher. And so I don't know life not traveling and singing. What about that? I learned to play piano. My first song, I'll never forget it, it was in the key of B flat. And I played it all the way through when I was five. And then I took stringed instrument lessons and piano lessons a little bit through my school years. And then the rest has just really been self-taught. I started playing, I would say, as a teenager, as far as in church for the church choir and for people who were singing in the service. And then it just kind of brought me into playing for the family. I remember being so nervous when I started playing for my family to sing in front of people. Pressure. Yeah. Pressure, big time. Pressure. And so being in church kind of helped me with that. And I wanted to play right with the other people in my family who play instruments. I wanted to play right for the singers. And so that went on, and it just kept going and kept going, and I started playing more and more and more. And then finally it took me until I was in my 30s, but I did finally learn to play in every key. I remember the Lord saying to me, now are you going to really let one more key conquer you, or are you going to learn it? (laughs) And he has since made me write songs in keys that were difficult for me just so I'd learn them. And so I'm grateful, and I don't say that to brag either because my talents and my abilities all come from him. I asked him probably two years ago. He and I were on our walk together, and I asked him, I said, Lord, why would you give me these talents? You know, why me? And he said, because I wanted to hear you sing, and I knew that you would. And then I cried the rest of the day. (laughs) So I'm eternally grateful i can't wait to get to heaven to hear him sing that's when i'm dying to I mean, can you just imagine i'm so excited I, just... I hope he lets me play every instrument in the band <laughs> and i want to play for him to sing so bad wow. so when we get to heaven you'll be seeing me over there <laughs> if he lets me you'll be seeing it happen for sure you know um one thing that strikes me about your family is you know I, my entire life i've felt like i've known all of you all it's true seeing y'all around the community uh, my entire life mm-hmm. not that we were just really 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 super tight and close right but but i've known y'all for my entire life i don't think there's been a time that i could say i've not known mm-hmm. your grandfather right. and, and your family um but when i think of your family i think about that verse in Zephaniah. yes and I think about Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 19 where the Bible says, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I think about y'all and how you make melody in your heart to the Lord and the joy yes. that you all have always, I mean, if where I've been re- preaching revival, and maybe that pastor had asked y'all to come, and and we were excited because yes, we got to serve absolutely. Jesus together that night, and and I knew that we're going to enjoy the goodness of God. We're going to enjoy the Lord, yes. and 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 that y'all were going to present Jesus with joy, mm-hmm. and that just strikes me, and 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 I just 
challenge you, Brother Nathan, and your and 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 the Justice family, if y'all are listening to me right now, I want to tell you that I love y'all, and Amen. I challenge y'all to keep singing with the joy that keeps serving with the joy that God has put in your heart, yes. because it just it just oods all over y'all. I mean, it's such a blessing. Amen. And and um, so if you're out there listening. Um, and, and you're thinking, hey, I, I'd, I'd like to get some Christian music to listen to. I challenge you, look up the Jimmy Justice family. Brother Nathan could talk to you about how to get some of the music, and that's not really the purpose of the podcast. Right. But but I would I would encourage you to get some good gospel music to listen to. It will change to your heart. Absolutely. Uh, you know, they, they say that if you take a harp that's perfectly tuned and you have another harp beside it, that's tuned to it, that if you strike a chord on the first harp, the same chord on the other harp will begin to vibrate. It's true. Wow. Yes. So if you have a Christian that's singing with melody in their heart, and they, not B flat, but B sharp, <laughs> <laughs> if they play that B sharp, you're going to start feeling that too. The Holy Spirit it's true. will minister. So true. Minister. Well, Brother Nathan, I have a question. So tell me, you know, I'm certain that your grandfather, huge influence in your family, and what a great family. But uh, who are some gospel people that, Christian artists, that have influenced your life? So I grew up in a house where my mother sang and played instruments. My dad was our drummer for several years. Mm-hmm. There's music in his family, and so it was never quiet in my home. Mm-hmm. Music constantly, okay. nonstop. There were tons of groups that my parents loved and listened to, but I would say for me personally, and in my musical journey, mm-hmm. we listened to, grew up listening to the Sheltons, yes. the Shelton family. from They were from Pickens, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. It was um, two sisters and a brother with their dad. So like our family dynamic, Mm -hmm. the Rambos were a big influence on me, especially Dottie and her songwriting. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a mom and a dad and their daughter. And um, then that leads me to one of the things I wanted to talk about was singing preachers are my absolute. They have such a place in my heart. And my grandfather was one of them. Yeah. He had a very distinctive voice that was yeah, unforgettable. Oh, yes. Uh, people knew who it was without him having to ask whether he was singing or preaching. Yes. I wish I had the power in my voice that he did. But singing preachers and those two family groups were a big influence on me. And I do tend to lean more towards family groups because I hear their harmony and I watch their dynamic and I see you know, their stories and their lives, and I see the ridicule, and I see the attacks from the enemy, but I also see the goodness of the Lord. I see how he's protected and sustained them and taken care of them and kept them on the road, which is my family's story. So as far as influencers and people who, you know, we had some groups that were good to us, but we were kind of... um, more or less off to ourselves, I guess, if you will. Mm -hmm. We met the Sheltons um, several years ago, and it was like we'd always known them, and they'd always known us. Mm -hmm. And 
we told them what an inspiration that they were to us. Best family harmony on the planet. You can't top them. That's the Sheltons. Mm-hmm. And so we were fortunate to get to, I met all the Rambos, met all the Sheltons. Wow. And so I kind of got to meet everybody that I would have wanted to meet. Yeah. And so um, if I see a singing preacher, he instantly has a place in my heart, just straight out of the gate. And for those of you who are listening, and this goes along with my family and talk about influencing, I would never dream this. But I was talking earlier about listening to preaching on Sermon Audio and YouTube, and which you're on, bukus and bukus of messages. And so I had taken several years ago now to listening to Bethel's live stream. Mm-hmm. And so I was listening to a service and the, the music finished and you got behind the pulpit and you said, I just, I have to sing a song. I thought I would explode because okay. you used to say, oh, I can't sing. I'm I not can't, a singer. Well, I can't. <laughs> well, he is and he does. No, and so he got up and he sang the old story. Yes. And I, my face melted off because I just bawled like a little baby. And I said, Lord, if you'll let me live, I will learn to play that song for my preacher to sing because I cannot stand the thoughts of him singing it by himself with no music. And so I found your key, and I learned it. It took me three or four tries, and I learned it. And so you were gracious enough to sing that for me when I'd come places where you were preaching revivals. And so my family picked up that song, and then our church at Fellowship picked up that song. And so now when we go places, especially Fellowship or Mountain Home or somewhere, wherever you've preached, they want you to sing it. And they let me play for you to sing it. And it's just the wildest thing. I would have never dreamed by watching that live stream and hearing you do that, that it would turn into what it's turned into today. And you have no idea how much it blessed me for you to get up and do that because I know how you feel about your singing. Oh, I can't sing. And so to watch you get up and do that with no music, I just fell all over myself. Obedience. And, and it was it was about obedience. Yes. I mean, I remember that night so well. I was like, Lord, I can't do this. Lord, I cannot. Nobody can. Lord, I cannot do this. And and, and I'm having to do it for all these people. I, I'll go sing it over there in the corner of the parking lot. <laughs> but it's just me and you, Lord. But sing it for all these people. And and um, and now you're right. I, and you're the one pianist that learned it and and pushed me yes. to. You know, I was like, I don't even know. I don't know when to come in. I don't know. I don't know how to do. And it's been a joy because there's been a time or two that your family got up and y'all Staying just with sang you. with me. Mm. And, and and me and Miss Gina. And they love it. And what a joy it's been. And yes. and um, there's a song called I Love Him. And at, sometimes at Bethel, they'll just get up and I'll sing that song. And they'll just open the side doors to let it just go out yeah. to wherever it goes. And uh, it's just a song that we learned at, I guess, at mm-hmm. Camp Zion back in 1979. Correct. was the first time I went and singing at Camp Zion. And, and I am not a singer. But sometimes God says, you are going, you, if you don't sing when I tell you to sing, what I tell you to sing, forget preaching. Right. You're not going to stand up and preach on obedience if you're not obedient <laughs> to sing. Right. So. So you watched it and caught that. I did. Uh, but uh, that's, that's I thought, to be honest with you, Luke, I thought that's the one time I'm ever going to have to sing, and I'll never be asked to do it again. In fact, did you know when God was calling me to preach, I actually said, Lord, 
after a year of not running, but trying to make foolproof of the calling of the ministry. Um, I, I can remember well that I just said, Lord, I know that you're all wise and there's no way you're going to allow me such a fool to actually stand behind the pulpit. You just want to see if I'm willing to do it, and I will do it. And so when I surrendered, I really thought the rapture would happen, and I would never stand up. I, <laughs> I really did. Yeah. And, and and then when I stood up to surrender that night and told, or I vowed to surrender, but when I told people, you know, God saved a young man, called another young man to preach right there on the spot, and and I still thought, well, I'll never, that, that was my one message that I'll ever have to share. And and here we are all these years later, I would have never dreamt. You now. I would have never dreamt that, that he would have me preach another sermon ever again. Uh-huh. But J. Harold Smith, who's one of my favorite, top five favorite uh-huh. preachers, he, he told me, I had him come preach uh, at the church while I pastored, and, and um, he... Um, here at Fletcher, legendary what God did uh, through his ministry here at Fletcher. And uh, I just sat down with him, and and I remember he and my dad, we all joined hands, and he said, Lord, if this is the last time I preach, I pray that you would give me such power and such presence of the Spirit of God manifest that my last time preaching would be one that's for your glory. And he prayed that every single night. I remember when we got in the car with him, he he, he looked at my dad. My dad was driving. I said, Dad, could I just ride with y'all? Uh-huh. I rode in the back seat. I said, I won't say nothing. Right. And I just sat in the back seat, and and he looked, put his seatbelt on. He said, Brother Waldrop, do you think we should pray before we leave? And then we did, and we drove to where we're coming to the church. And he said, Brother Waldrop, do you think we should um, give God thanks for allowing us to arrive here safely? Mm-hmm. And we did. And he said, Brother Waldrop, before we go in, uh, we're here in the parking lot. He said, could I pray tonight that there would be no sinners on the property that would leave sinners, wow. but they would leave saved? Amen. I mean, I learned so much, and, and there's so many other things that I could tell, and maybe there's a whole another podcast or ten podcasts yeah. just being around him, but you learn how little I actually pray. Oh, yeah, I pray. I pray over a message. I, we pray in the service. We prayed before we started this podcast. We'll probably pray if the Lord doesn't come when we dismiss yeah. this podcast. But how little we really pray and I mean there's prayers we got in the car prayer we arrived safely prayers we started to enter in the sanctuary prayer after we got the sanctuary I remember him standing in the old sanctuary and we stood in that back and he prayed um I was going to preach God's three deadlines and he said Lord I'm praying that there would not be one person here that's crossed that first one Hmm. he didn't mention two and three Hmm. incredible yes and um I appreciate, going back to singing, I appreciate your family now, Brother Justice, Brother Jimmy Justice, singing preacher. Now he's got a grandson. A singing preacher. Singing preacher. 
he's got granddaughters that's married preachers, singing preachers. Uh-huh. And um, God's just so faithful. Yes, he is. He, he is so faithful. And, and I appreciate you learning that song, Brother Nathan. I'll never forget when you said, hey, I've learned this song in your key. I was like, what? It's just crazy. It was just crazy. The Lord knew what it would do for me, and he knew what it would do for so many other people besides just me and you. Well, you know, I didn't know I'd ever have to preach again or sing again, but yeah. but, but or, or do a podcast. I mean, this is just, <laughs> but, but, but here we are. So, so you've talked about some family influences, some good Christian gospel music influences. I'm going to put you on spot. If you had to name a top favorite song or two or three top favorite songs for you, what would they be? Do you know? So there's two. Quick answer. Wow. Great. The one, um, uh, my family makes fun of me for listening to music from before I was born. So I said, okay, I'm going to have to find a group that I like to listen to that sings now. And so I started listening to We Met the Collingsworth family. Oh, yeah. And um, Bill and Kim were just as kind as they could be to me. And I watched her play the Hallelujah Chorus, mm-hmm. which blew my mind. So I started listening to them, and they recorded a song called How Great His Love for Me. And that's the song, If the Lord Takes Me by Death as it appointed unto man wants to die. That's one of the songs I wanted to play at my funeral because it talks about when I take my first breath in heaven. And it talks about how great his love for me that he gave his life. We can't even fathom. And then they put that hymn in there, Love Found a Pardon for Me. Yes, I can't stand it when I hear that song. I go through the roof. <laughs> and so that's more or less just the song that the Lord gave to us, how great his love for me. And then the other song. And you know, it's funny that you asked me this question because the Lord's been dealing with me lately about this song. This is probably one of my favorite songs on the planet because it's called the good Lord walks with me. Hmm. I've never sang that song, not once ever. In church, when my family travels, I've never done hmm. that. And I don't know why, hmm. because it's my favorite song. Hmm. And the verse says, If you can count the tiny flakes of snow that drift across the heavens high and touch the earth below, if you can count the little raindrops that fall and touch the sea, then I can count the many times the good Lord has walked with me. Oh, wow. Mm. wow. I'm going to have to sing it before my life is over, but he walks with me in the good times and in the bad, and he puts people like y'all in our lives that ask us so graciously to be on their podcast, to come and sing at their church, to come for the good things and the bad things that happen to us. And that's one thing that I'm thankful for for you. And I read this verse this morning. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. Amen. That's Romans 14, 19. Amen. And I remember. What a verse. And this is your story to tell, but I, I, I'm going to bring it up. Um, a lot of things came out of when the COVID was around. And it revealed a lot of things about the church. Yeah. And I'm not diminishing it in any way because sure. you've preached people's funerals. Yes. Oh, yes. Who died of COVID. Oh, yes. We had a lot. Aaron has preached people's funerals who died of COVID. So I had it myself. Mm-hmm. 
but it was a lot worse for you than it was for me. Oh, yeah. And for those of you who are listening that don't know Pastor Darren personally, it got really real. Yes, and the did. Lord could have just as easily taken him home, but he left him here. And it was prayers of your son and your family and your church and myself and this church that we're in oh, doing yeah. this podcast. A lot of people prayed. A lot of people from Fletcher called us and said, do you know about Preacher Darren? Have you prayed for him? And um, I cried and begged God. And you were talking about we don't pray enough, and that leads me to this. This is my sixth prayer journal. Wow, Brother Nathan, what a blessing. And it's full sixth. of praise reports Amen. and prayer requests. Amen. And every time I finish one, I end up with many more praise report pages than I do with prayer request pages. But the Lord saw your name in a many, 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 many times. Amen. And he left him here because he knew what an impact he would have in his own family and for his own church and for my family and our church and countless other families and other churches around where you've been asked to come and preach. Many people have asked me to introduce them to you. I don't know if you know that or not. No. People say, I know that y'all are friends with the Waldrums. And would you introduce us to them? And I'll say, well, of course. Come meet them, you know. But it goes back to prayer. The Lord changed my life with that statement that you made from J. Harold Smith about, are we praying enough? Oh, yeah. And he convicted me so greatly I had to start a prayer journal. And he has changed my life with these prayer journals. Talk about building your faith and giving you assurance of your salvation. I feel like this book has just as much of a heartbeat and a breath as this one does. Granted, this is not the Word of God, sure. but this is the conversation between God true. and His creation. And He loves this probably more than I do because it's our communication. It's our communion. This is our relationship. I don't just list things. The, this book is full conversations, and He speaks back to me out of this book. And he answers prayers, countless prayers have been answered out of this prayer journal. And it's not because I'm praying them, it's because of who's listening to them. Well, I'm telling you, I'm sure your grandfather, Brother Jimmy, think about the prayers he has prayed over his family. Many. What a blessing. Yes. That those prayers are still good today, still being answered today. The prayers of his saints are still being being, bottled. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he's just, and have we prayed enough? And the thing is, when we pray, to pray, the scripture speaks about the prayer of faith. Yes. And I'm afraid, Luke, that a lot of times we pray, but do we pray the prayer of faith? Right. It's always been in my heart that a lot of times, you know, we know that he can do exceeding abundantly above above all we ask or think. Even what we can imagine, he can do even greater. But when we pray a prayer of faith, a lot of times when we pray, we pray based on our experience, what we've experienced in the past, what God has done. But I'm learning that there's something to be said about praying beyond your experience. Mm-hmm. A prayer of faith. I, I think I discovered that even more so with the podcast with Dad. There are so many things that I've had to go back and write them down. I've watched the podcast a couple times just to go back and write wow. them down. Some of the things, the nuggets, the things that he said, you know. 
and, and learn a lot, but a prayer of faith. And I thought about how that a lot of times we pray, but do we have faith that God's going to do greater than what we've prayed? Right. And, uh, you know, the church was gathered in the home praying for Peter, who was arrested and in jail, and Herod was going to kill him. He killed James. He was yes. going to kill Peter. And the church was praying, and the Lord heard their prayer, sent an angel, got Simon Peter up, opened the prison doors. The chains fell off. He walked back to the house, knocked on the door, and Rhoda, I think the little girl's name yes. was, said, who's there? Yeah. He said, it's Pastor Simon Peter or whatever he called himself. And she ran back to where they were praying Said, there's somebody knocking at the door. And they said, Do you answer? It says, Yeah, well, it's it's our pastor. It's Simon Peter. They, you know what they said? They said, You're mad. Yeah. <laughs> that means you're crazy, girl. Yeah. He's in jail. We're praying for him to get uh-huh. out when court convenes tomorrow. But she said, The answer to our prayer stand at the door. is standing at the door. <laughs> knocking if we'll just let him in. And one night I was preaching revival, and uh, we'd had one saved and I tried to dismiss. The pastor had said, dismiss. Don't turn it back over to me. Dismiss. So I tried to dismiss, and somebody said, wait. And they they come to the altar and got saved. And that happened over and over. At 930, 10 o'clock, I tried to dismiss. This lady started screaming, on, no, preacher, I'm going to hell. Mm. She came running down the center aisle off the back row. And I thought, Lord have mercy, girl, where you been waiting all this right. time? How'd you, how'd you suffer? I mean, there's 10, 12, 15 people saved. I lost count. Now we're at 10-something o'clock, and this man comes down and said, I want you to pray for my son. He ran away from home when he was a teenager. He's gotten married. He's, he's got a child. I hear, I never talked to him. I've never heard from him. And I have a grandchild, and he's 9, 10 years old, and I guess, and I've never met him. Hmm. And I want you to pray. I want you to pray. And so I asked the church to come up and help us pray with this brother. And we went home. I got home at near 11, a little after, exhausted, amazed at what God had done. I studied all day the next day to get ready to come back to church. And when I got there, he come running across the parking lot. We were going to meet at an old rock altar. He come running across the parking lot. Preacher, preacher, preacher. I said, "What? hey, brother, how is he? He said, I'm so excited. Guess what God has done? I said, what? He said, he answered our prayer. I said, Great. Which prayer did he answer? He said, I was praying for, we were praying for my son to come home. I said, yeah. He said, when I got home, he was sitting in the driveway. Wow. I said, he was what? Mm -hmm. He said, get this. My grandson was in the back seat. My son jumped out of the car and said, daddy, where have you been? He said, I've been at church praying for you. Yeah. (laughs) Been gone all these years. And the whole time his daddy was burdened, the whole time his daddy was praying that boy was in the car driving home, and now the grandson's there, and he said, and they're here to hear you preach tonight. Preacher, I hope you make it a good one. And I thought, Lord, when I prayed, I believed that you would reunite this daddy and this son and this grandson, but I don't know that I believed you would do it before I even got to the house. Next week, do y'all do y'all watching the podcast? Do y'all do that? Do you pray like that? 
or do you pray that prayer of faith believing? Yes. I'm just going to admit to you right now that I have prayed a many a prayer not believing as I should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, forgive me. Amen. God, forgive me. I went through the motion of praying. Sunday morning, just Sunday morning, Sunday morning uh, in the, the pulpit where I serve at Bethel, I had a message to preach, and I didn't feel well. And um, got up off the front row. Somebody went to pray. I went to pray with them. And uh, while I was there praying, started to get up. God said, now, before you leave, you have something you need to ask me? I said, Lord, I don't feel well. Now, I've prayed already this morning about the message. I've prayed for the entire week I've been planning. You want to ask me about it? Lord, would you give me the strength to help me deliver this message today? That day, I had faith. Amen. And when I got up, I didn't have another problem for the rest of that day. Amen. And I think sometimes that that effect of the old COVID thing has got the I've got the long haul and and, and it, it affects me so oh, I'm this sure. day. But we don't always pray about everything as we should. It's true. When I went to pray for somebody else, God spoke to me. I had my Bible open, had a verse of scripture there. You need to speak to me about something else. You need to ask me. Yes, I do, Lord. And when I did, he helped me. I'll be honest with you, while I was praying with him, while I was praying, seeing his face, some of the ones I was praying with, Luke knows this, turned around and they started praying with me. Yep, they did. Wow. Hallelujah. Amen. And so you can pray a prayer of faith, and God will hear it if it's his will. It tore up. He'll do it. Amen. And um, I think about my daughter, Shelby. She uh, living at home at the time in college, and uh, she had a little red Mustang. And uh, she, I knew the gas tank was getting low, and I knew it needed to be filled up. I knew she needed money. She's a college student. She, I knew she needed it. And I said, uh, she was going out the door. I said, now I knew what she needed. And I said, uh, bye, honey. She come and hug me. She said, I love you, Dad. I said, I love you, too. She said, you're the greatest dad. I said, you're the greatest daughter. I just have one. She's the greatest. Mm-hmm. And uh, she went out the door. She got in that little car. She came back in. She said, Dad. I said, what is it? I knew she was going to ask. I forgot something. I said, what is it? She goes, oh, it's in my room. I went, oh, okay. She went to her room. She came back. She started to go out the door again. She said, Dad? I said, yes, honey, I love you. She says, I really hate to ask this, but I need gas money. And I said, I thought you was never going to ask. You may say, you're a mean dad to do that to your kid. I don't do that stuff all that much, but I think that our God knows what we need. Before we pray. Before we pray. And he wants us to ask him. He does. And he wants us to pray a prayer of faith. She believed, Shelby believed, that her daddy, when she asked him for gas money, would provide her $20 
that she asked for. I gave her more than that. Just like he does. Our Father wants us to believe that when we ask him, he'll supply our every need and then some. That's what he's wanting. Amen. And I thank God for that. He does. Going back to the Justice family, you think about how many, it's just amazing how many times God has supplied. Driving that bus Mm -hmm. up and down these mountains and these highways and these byways that he's protected you and things he's done for you and... I'm sorry I get tore up. Oh, I, can't, I can't. I can't help it. Amen. I just. I, just I, I love Jesus. And yes, sir. And we didn't. We don't have an itinerary. When we sit down, we try to line up who we're going to talk to. And I intentionally try to stay away from talking about anything because I just want God to lead. Yes. I have no idea where we're, where we're going to go. But I was thinking about maybe some of the. Maybe there might be a story, something that's impressed on your heart that something that God did. Um, it, it could have been last week, last. Last this week, it could have been twenty five years ago, or then some. But something that right now that God's pressing on your heart to share that maybe somebody out here they're dealing with something. I just feel like I'm supposed to ask this question: God, is somebody dealing with something that the Jimmy Justice family, Brother Nathan, could share that God did for them? Maybe there's another gospel group out there. Maybe there's a Maybe there's a preacher. Maybe it's Luke. Maybe it's maybe it's me. I, I yeah. need to hear this right now. Of something that 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 God has done that was just overwhelming to you. You you have something like that he you can share. He still does stuff like that, preacher. He's doing it as we speak in our family. Amen. For needs that we currently have, I'm watching him work daily in our family. You talking about how we've traveled and how he's kept us safe when they first started. <clears throat> When they'd be in their first van, my grandmother's kept wonderful records of our schedule, of the offerings that we've been given. And there would be times where they wouldn't even get as much as $25. We've had a preacher walk up on our bus before and hand us a 20 and say, thanks for coming. We've had preachers tell my grandfather if he felt worthy of taking an offering from the church to come up there and stand and hold the offering plate which he never did. But I said that to say this. If we would go to a place, the Lord knew what that church was going to give us or what they weren't going to give us. And he has had lost people hand us money. Papa would pull into a gas station and there'd be a man standing there. Sometimes they would even be drunk. And he'd say, you go up there and fill up your van or fill up your bus, I'll take care of it. And he would and that's happened all along the way as we've gone. God meets your need each day as you need it. He never gives less. He always gives exactly what you need and more just because he's good like that. Amen. A lot of times, back to prayer, I ask him to do things for us when I'm under attack. Sometimes I'll say, Lord, I don't feel like I feel like I'm supposed to feel to go minister to these people because I'm being attacked by uh, an individual or by the enemy who's working through that individual or a group of people. It can be anybody. And then the Lord steps in and he tells me, this is what I want you to sing because the Lord knows what the people sitting out in the congregation are dealing with. Yes. Just like he knows 
when you talk about, well, I was going to preach this, but the Lord wants me to preach this. Yes. It's because he knows that somebody's sitting there in your congregation or somebody's listening or live stream that's going to need exactly what you say, that's going to need that song at that specific time and place. There was a lady that walked up to me where we were singing Sunday night, and it's the Lord leading that we're talking about this. Amen. She looked at me, and she said, that song you sing called I Keep Praying, she said, I'll ball my eyes out every time you sing that song. Amen. Another longtime pastor friend of ours that my family has known since the 70s called me one day. He said, Nathan, when I hear this song, all I can hear is you playing and singing it. Will you please sing this for me? And so I learned it, and we'll be with him next month. And he was with us again a couple of months ago at a place where, and I always sing it for him now everywhere we go. And she was in that service, and she said, this is what I needed. And that song pressed me and encouraged me to keep praying for that need. Amen. And so, you know, it may not be a situation like the preacher was talking about earlier where you literally come home from church and the answer to prayer is sitting in your yard, right. but God's timetable is better than ours. Yes. Just like what we need right now. I think that we have to have it yesterday, but God knows how he's going to send it and when he's going to send it, Amen. when is going to be best. And he works that way. It's a daily walk, and it kind of surmises everything we've been talking about Daily scripture reading and daily prayer is your daily walk and your daily relationship with the Lord. Right. Paul said, I die daily. daily. I still have to die daily to my flesh. I wish so much my flesh got saved when my soul did. <laughs> <laughs> but the Lord is with us every day. He never, I thank him in a, on a daily basis. Lord, thank you for never leaving me. Thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for not throwing me away when I've done things I know I shouldn't do or when I haven't done things I know I should have done. Amen. Thank you for never giving up on me. Amen. Thank you for always working on me. Thank you for having the patience and the long-suffering with me to help me to keep growing in grace and to help me keep serving you because, Lord, you know how many times I've wanted to quit you know how many times I've said, Lord, I'm not going to sing it anymore. And yet you keep me going and you keep me encouraged and you keep me pressing on through singing and through preaching and through our friends. It reminds me of, uh, for those of you who are listening who have maybe never met myself or the Waldrops, uh, you and I, we love to be in church together. We love preaching. We love to listen to preaching. Yes. We love singing. It reminds me we had been in revival together, and I sent you a video of a song yes. where a service had just taken off because of the Spirit of the Lord. Yes. And at that specific time, I was almost responsible for the accidental death of my preacher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when the Lord got in the car with me, he, he, he sent that to me, and I was driving across Black Mountain, <laughs> and the Holy Ghost, listen, the Lord got in the car with me in the yes, front. Sir. You ever had the car? Ever, ever had the Lord get in the car with you? Yeah. He got in the car with me, and I'm telling you, I like to come unglued. <laughs> I had to pull over on the side of the yes. road, and and even that wasn't enough. No. I had to get out of the car, <laughs> and I took a lap around the car 
on the backside of Black Mountain going home from meeting one night. I'm telling you, God was just yes. blessing. And, and I'm glad that there are still times when the Lord can just be that real, real. in your life. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. It's true. So I appreciate you sharing that with me. I, I forgot about that till uh-huh. you said it, you know. Uh-huh. It, was, it was unreal. He Luke, you have any? you have anything you'd like to ask? Well, as we've been awful quiet. As we've been going through this podcast, and you've been talking about many different things, and I can roll songs that you guys sing, mm-hmm. and just things that you've said, and I can see different songs that you guys sing, right. and that is just evident in your life. Like, for instance, talking about God walking with you, you guys sing God Walks the Dark, Dark Hills. Hills. Yes. And then also about prayer, you sing he prayed, somebody prayed me out, out of harm's way. way, and what great songs those are. And if you're uh, tuning in, you can find them on Spotify. You can find them on Apple Music. That's what that's what I listen to them on. I don't listen to uh, CDs. I listen to Apple Music, and that's uh-huh. where I find all that at. Amen. And then, um, I think about um, some songs that you guys sing that, um, man, I've, I've been going to church, driving down the road, and then had church in my own truck Amen. driving down the road. I think of the song about when he sees me, he sees the blood Amen. of the lamb. It's true. And I've I've listened to that many times on my way to go preach somewhere. It gets it gets me fired up. Amen. Especially especially if you're going somewhere that you know, okay, this church singing's not going to be singing's not going to be much. And so you listen on the way there and you get you get the spirit just it's coming true. right through right through your phone because it's right there on on media, and yeah. so um, no, but uh, a question would be the first album ever recorded. What was the date of that? Do you know? It recorded it in September nineteen seventy four. September nineteen seventy four. What was the What was the album? So it was called Living on Higher Ground, and they recorded it in Kingsport, Tennessee, and they had had a lot of requests for people. Oh, you should record. You know, you should you get a record and we'll buy it. So then they did, and it was called Living on Higher Ground. And um, it's funny that you ask because we have brought songs from that very record back that we're doing. Really? And now I notice them coming up in the top most listened to wow. tracks of wow. our, of our uh, live or streaming. And so they made the first album in 74, and so when they came to some people and and they, well, how much are they? Papa charged five dollars for them at the time, and people gave him a hard time about that. Mm-hmm. Said, "Oh, well, now you've got too big for your britches." Y'all have went pro, you know. So you know what he did about it? Made the second album. <laughs> 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 yeah. And that album was called "A Child's Request." Amen. Nineteen seventy-five, and that song, "A Child's Request," more or less, as the old saying goes, put my family on the map. Because it's about a little girl who goes to the altar and she prays for her daddy to be saved because her mother has died. And she says, Lord, I'm bringing my request to you. And in the song, the daddy's on the back row. She got him to come to church. And he stands up and he runs forward to the altar and kneels down with her and gets saved right there. And the end of the song says, thank you, God, for granting my request. And my mother sang that. And there's still people who come up and say, a child's request ministered to my dad, and he got saved listening to it. Amen. They were playing it on the radio a year or so ago. I was down there in person, and a man called in and asked how he could get a copy of that 
because he said that was his wife's favorite song because of her dad getting saved, and she had never heard all the verses that were in that song that my family sang. Wow. And so stories like that are what keep you going oh, yeah. sure. and remind you that you really are ministering and helping people. Sure. Because a lot of times the devil will convince you that you're not. But it's like you're talking about going down the road, headed to a place to preach, and a song comes on, and you want to stop the car and run laps around the car right. because the Lord's that big and he's that real in the place where you are. I've even been driving the bus alone, the only one on the bus, going up the mountain where we live. And I'll say, Lord, please don't let me wreck this bus because I'm bawling so bad I can't see the road because he's saying, I'm so much bigger than this bus. Do you think this bus scares me? And many, many times my favorite saying to myself is, Nathan, the earth is still the Lord's footstool. That's right. He's above it all. He sees it all. You said it in your message, I don't remember if it's Sunday or Wednesday, he sees the beginning and the ending and everything in between. At the same time. Yeah. That goes back to that song that I learned, and here's one of the first places I ever sung it. God can do anything with anything. Amen. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And he has taken care of us. Do you know that in 50 years of traveling, we've never even so much as had a wreck? We've never had any kind of anything Christ like that. Now, we've had vehicle breakdowns, sure. vans, buses. Churches have been gracious and let us come home in their church van or their church bus because ours had took out back where they are. And they've got us from place to place. And they've taken care of us. In the spot that we're in right now, we've even had people call and offer us their own personal vehicles to let us travel in them just so we can keep going. And they'll say, please don't quit. You know, please keep coming. You're ministering. You're helping. Yes. And I encourage you, like he encouraged you to go and look up our music. Get YouTube. Get Sermon Audio, the app, and look up Darren Waldrop. Look up Luke Waldrop. Look up Pastor Roy Waldrop. You can listen to those messages as many times as you want to over and over again. That's one of my favorite things about the Bible. There is no limit to how many times I can read a verse. If that verse is speaking to me that day, I can read a hundred times if I want to. Amen. That's right. And the Lord can speak to me a hundred different ways and he may. through that verse. He may. And you know my favorite verse, Psalm 8, 4. What is man that thou art mindful of him? and the Son of Man, that thou visitest him. Amen. All these times and the experiences that we're talking about is when he visited us. Yes. Even though he's always with us, he still makes himself just big enough for us to be able to take and not explode. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm grateful, and it helps me to know that those songs help you and keep you going and encouraged and want to keep serving the Lord and doing what he's called you to do. I asked him to learn a many a song. And uh, one of the songs was it came to me because my mm. salvation experience changed my life. Saved in the middle of a aisleway there in the church, didn't make it to the altar, and didn't think I could get saved in the middle of the aisleway. I thought you had to be in the altar, and I couldn't get there because under the weight of my sin, I was paralyzed. I couldn't move. Mm. And uh, but Jesus came to me. Yes, He did. You know the words of that song? Yes, I do. Can you give us a little acapella of that? Can you do it, Brother Nathan? The gulf that separated me from Christ my Lord 
It was so vast the crossing I could not afford. From where I was to his domain, it seemed so far. I cried, dear Lord, I cannot come to where you are. But then he came to me. He came to me. When I could not come to where Jesus was, he came to me. Hey. Yes, That's why he died on Calvary. When I could not come to where he was, he came to me. And yes, he did. Amen. And I want you to know, preacher, learning that song changed my entire life. That's not one of the easiest songs that there is on the planet to play and sing. No. And it did take me a good while to learn, and I thought, Oh, he asked me to learn such a hard song. But little did I know. Just bless me. Thank you. Praise the Lord. By learning that song, what an impact it would have in my own personal life. My family still asks me to sing that song. And, of course, when I sing it, I think of you. And I think of the impact that you've had in my life. And the pillar that you've been in my life, how thankful I am for you and for your family and how much it blesses me. You were talking about generations to see your father and the story that he told in last week's podcast about that his, was it his grandfather that prayed mm -hmm. to have a preacher in the family? Yes. Not knowing what the Lord was going to do later with three different generations. Yeah. And my family's the same way, yeah. just generation after generation. And it should be proof to those of you who are listening that what the Lord does is lasting, and it's real, it's and it real. matters, it's and real. it really does make a difference in people's lives. Amen. I think about the difference that y'all have made in my life and how much the live stream helps me and how many times I tune in to the sermon, and you don't have any idea what I'm going through. I don't know what you're going through. But what you've preached speaks to exactly what is happening in my life at that moment. You probably get sick of hearing from me and me telling you how much Never. it helps me and encourages me and encourages me to keep going and not to quit. Amen. And if I could sing a song to encourage you and to make you not want to quit, I'll do it every time. Oh, boy. <laughs> Thank you. The Lord gave me the talents that I have. And I've even gone through periods where he took my talents, but he took my hand, and he took my voice. Yeah. I couldn't play, yeah. and I couldn't sing. Yeah. And I've never been more miserable in my entire life. Yeah. And then he gave them back. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. 
Amen. Amen. When I didn't deserve Amen. for him to give them back, much less in the first place. And why he chose just little old me. Amen. And he gave me these preachers in my life that he knew would have such an impact Amen. and make such a difference for me. Amen. Well, Brother Nathan, we love you. I love y'all. thank you and your family. And oh. Again, we love you. We The difference you've made in our lives. And I want to thank you for taking the time to meet us today. And, and Thank you uh, for allowing me to. Help us, letting us record this podcast. And again, Amen. thank you to the Fletcher First Baptist Church for allowing us to use your conference room uh, here off of the main lobby of the sanctuary. It's been a joy. I love this church. And I love your family. And I'm going to kick it back over to Luke. I want to pray. Father, ask your blessing today, God, upon these that are listening. Father, I pray for the Justice family, the Fletcher First Baptist Church, the Fellowship Baptist Church, the Bethel Baptist Church. God, anyone that's listening, Father, lost, saved, Father, I pray for them today. God, I'm trying to pray a prayer of faith. God, I pray that you would help this podcast to reach where it's supposed to reach. Amen. And I pray, Father, what we do, we're doing for your glory and your honor. And I ask God for your blessing upon it. And for this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Luke, thank you for yes. helping us again today, son, Very getting all much. this set up and, and your burden to have the podcast and all you go through and you know He does every, a great job. Every time I don't think he's really had a whole lot of editing to do. He just puts a front on it or whatever, but all this equipment and stuff, thank you so much, son. And so I want you to sign us off. Thank you for tuning in to the Back to Bethel podcast here with Dr. Darren Waldrop and with Nathan Ballou from the Jimmy Justice Family. You can tune in to the Jimmy Justice Family uh, music on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, and other streaming platforms, or you can go uh, find them wherever they may be singing, and you can buy CDs there um, in person. They are a joy to listen to. Amen. And thank you for tuning in to the Back to Bethel podcast. Please follow us on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. You can watch Bethel Baptist News at BethelBaptistUSA.com.